Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I always say I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm so glad that you're here and that you found us and you found our community because we know what it's like to love someone with an addiction or to have lost someone to addiction for some of us. And so whether it is the loss to addiction that is a physical loss or or not. Basically mourning the loss of someone who is still alive is such a unique and complex experience that it's really out of the ordinary. And it seems contradictory at first, but if you love someone with an addiction and you probably can understand what I'm saying. You can understand this concept of mourning the loss of someone who is still alive because let's face it, they are no longer themselves. They are no longer that person that they were prior to the addiction. And so it basically refers to this deep emotional pain and the grief that we experience when a loved one is physically present, but they're no longer either emotional 
emotionally available or they're no longer involved in your life because of the addiction or they're, you know, they take off at times or any other circumstance. So this idea of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive is so common when you love someone with an addiction. Now, welcome to the podcast. If it's your first time here, I am sending love and compassion through the line and wrapping you with love. And if you've been coming a long time, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And um, I'm so grateful for all your reviews and your feedback and your, um, your wonderful suggestions for episodes, as well as your support in purchasing my book. It really means the world to me. Now, if you hear some thunder and lightning, it is thundering and lightning here. And my poor little puppy is sitting here right beside me. She's a golden retriever, so adorable, but she doesn't like thunder and lightning. So she's panting a little. So I'm pre-apologizing if you hear that in the background, just know it's my cute little dog. All right. So, oh my gosh. So the concept of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive, it is about recognizing that the person that you once knew or the relationship that you once had and that you shared with someone else, it has changed in some way or completely disappeared entirely. So it involves grieving the loss of that connection. It's about grieving the loss of that closeness and And also the loss of that hope and the dreams of a future that you might've had together or the loss of that entire relationship. It is so hard for me. I have to say that I, I had to mourn the loss of someone who's still alive before he actually even physically left me. Uh, it's amazing because I remember looking into his eyes and thinking, are you in there? Like, what did you do with this person that I used to love? Like, where has he gone? Like I kept trying to get him back and also holding on to the glimmer of hope that he would come back. And so mourning in this situation really does involve so many emotions, uh, such as sadness, such as anger, confusion, guilt, and even a sense of abandonment. I felt so abandoned, especially when he actually did physically leave. Uh, it was just, it was, you know, I was mourning the loss of the person I fell in love with a couple like years into it, not knowing what I was dealing with. But then when he actually just disappeared and text broke up with me and didn't say bye to me or the kids, incredible. Like it, I had to really navigate so many emotions of anger, sadness, confusion, and abandonment even. So these emotions, they're, it's intensified, right? When we don't have that ability to have closure, when we don't have that resolution and we don't have that understanding of like what exactly is going on. Loving someone with an addiction is so bizarre because you are mourning the loss of someone who is still alive and or perhaps unreachable or just resistant to change or just no longer themselves. So mourning the loss of someone who's still alive can, it can be so challenging, but there are things that we can do and it's valid and is so important for you to focus on your own healing and to focus on your well-being. Now that's what this whole community is about. That's what the podcast and the book and everything is about, is about finding the courage to focus on you so you can put your life back together. So you're not taken down by the darkness of addiction. And so I want to first validate your feelings though, because 
And just recognize that it's so natural and it's so normal to experience grief and sadness. I literally was so sad that I had a knot in my stomach for so long that I couldn't eat for the longest time. I was just languishing. And so I just want to validate your feelings like that it's normal to experience this grief, this loneliness, this sadness, even when that person is physically present perhaps in your life. Cause I also experienced that when, when he didn't actually physically leave, I was mourning the loss of where did he go? Like, even though he was right in front of me, it just, he wasn't available for me. He was always disappearing. It just, it was so sad and, and, and I was anger stricken as well and just not understanding it. So first thing is to give yourself permission to feel and to process your emotions without any judgment and recognize that it makes sense that you are feeling this way because you are literally grieving. You are literally feeling the effects as if you did lose someone entirely. And so the idea here is you want to validate those feelings and recognize that it's so hard. Seeking support is also really important. Reaching out to trusted friends and family and support groups and know that you you need support through this. It is so hard. Like even if it's just a space where you can express your feelings, Uh, it can really help and can be invaluable in navigating the complex journey here and to help you navigate these strong emotions. So the other thing is to focus on you and your self-care. Now, I know I always say this, caring for yourself, prioritizing yourself and engaging these opportunities to really take back your peace, your healing, and, and help take care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, because it is so stressful when you are mourning the loss of someone who's still alive due to addiction. And so they can be things such as, you know, your exercise or your yoga or mindfulness practices, or just even hobbies or reading, or, you know, I used to put so many podcast episodes into my ear just to try and help me evoke some positive emotions, you know, of joy and then hope. And, and really another piece of the puzzle is this idea of finding acceptance. I had to start accepting that I may never get that person back in my life. I may never get that version of the person that I fell in love with ever again back. And the idea is that you're not condoning or enabling, but what you're doing is you're acknowledging that the reality of the situation has changed. Acknowledging and finding acceptance with the fact that that person is no longer the same person that they used to be. And by embracing this, we can tap into our own growth opportunities. We can tap into our own healing and just that finding of acceptance. It's like, okay, like I may never get that version of a human back again. And that is so hard. It's so sad. It's devastating. And so This idea is to seek ways to find peace within yourself, to let go of unrealistic expectations of hope, and to recognize that this person has changed. And that it's a very gradual process. It's so hard, right? It's it's unbelievable. I remember I was in denial for so long, mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. It's so challenging. Like it is the most challenging experience. It is It's just all about this idea. You need to recognize, validate your feelings, recognize what's going on. It's so complex. You're going to have emotions. Uh, You're going to 
be almost responding in a way that you've actually had a physical death. And so we need to work through that, right? Consider reflecting on how can you honor your own emotions and your needs while accepting the realities of the situation, while you're finding a path forward for yourself, right? It's a process of mourning. We're mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. How can you cultivate compassion? How can you cultivate understanding for yourself while you're holding space for this super complex situation and this, the, everyone that's involved, it is so, so hard navigating these complexities. Like it is so hard. It's unseen grief. It's like literally like you are, it's such a heartache. It's a heartache. It's such a heartache. It's, it's loss. It's a heartache. It's so, so, so hard. So what's involved with that, right? This is, we're tangled in the threads of grief. It is so challenging because we're mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. It can feel like you're trying to find brightness. You're looking for a person in a dark room with no lights on. That's kind of like the analogy, right? It's, it's so confusing and it's so hard. And just to untangle yourselves from that, it requires patience. It requires perseverance. It requires grit for you on all levels. And another thing that comes up for me, and I remember thinking it's almost like it was like a faded portrait of a person. It's almost like when you're, you have a person in your life that you love, a loved one that was once vibrant, that was one full of life, that was engaged with you, that loved you to pieces and wanted to be with you all the time. But then addiction created this emotional distance. It makes the colors of this portrait fade. It almost leaves like a faint, you know, trace of the person that, that you once knew. And it is so sad. And so it's like mourning the loss of someone who's still alive can be like looking upon this faded portrait of that person. person. We're mourning that vibrant spirit that seems completely lost. And it's so hard to hold that flicker of hope to get that person back. I remember feeling that. And I remember just being so devastated. And so finding you know, whatever you can to help you. And I know I'm not giving you a lot here. I just really, the purpose of this podcast was to talk about this concept of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive and that it's, it's so hard and that we do need to seek support. We do need to seek healing. We do need to validate our emotions. We need to honor the need for healing in this. And so that really is my message today is that consider that you need to prioritize your own healing, that this is like mourning the loss of someone entirely, even though that person is still alive and perhaps in front of us or not in front of us. But it's, it's so hard, so, so, so hard. And I just wanted to do an episode on this because that is literally how it feels. So if you think about it, if you actually do have a physical death, it is devastating, right? And it's, it's so hard. So you do, you need healing, right? But it's a little, I'm not going to say easier, but the acceptance of that, that actual physical death 
it makes it so that you can then move forward, that you can, you know, it's a process of healing, but I invite you to recognize that it's a process of healing when you love someone with an addiction, when you love someone with an addiction and you're mourning the loss of someone who's still alive, we still require those, those healing journeys. We still require this self-care. We still need to be warriors in our own life on a quest for healing and growth. So we need to face these challenges and setbacks and battles and all this hardship when we love someone with an addiction, but we also need to heal loss and grief. We also need to heal from this. And so how do we do that? How do we, how do we heal? How do we how do we heal? Like, how do we heal and deal with grief? It is so devastating. And and we just need to recognize that we need to take time allowing ourselves to grieve. We need to give ourselves permission to experience the emotions that we are feeling, that it's normal to feel sadness, even though it's not a physical death it is just so hard. So allow yourself to express these emotions without judgment or suppression and recognize that it makes sense. I know sometimes people might think, oh no, you like, you have no reason to be sad or upset because that person's still with you. Right. But the reality is, is that it is still a loss. And so seeking support, reaching out to support groups like this one, practicing your self-care, so making yourself a priority, prioritizing your, your physical, your mental, emotional well-being, and ensure that you're getting the basics, like enough rest, eating nutritious foods. I remember I couldn't, I remember not being able to eat. I lost so much weight. I was a little, I was a skeleton just so stressed. And then exercise is also important, right? Engaging in activities that bring you joy, expressing those emotions. I remember creating rituals and, and actually I even created almost like a memorial of him, like detaching the cords from him. I created a ritual and like almost like detaching from him, cutting the cords of, of, of the chains that he held back from me. And so I could feel a sense of freedom and just finding meaningful ways to almost honor that person. And so that you can move forward, that person who you've lost, Um, but allowing yourself to, you know, whether you're lighting a candle, whether you're burning frustration around that person that you've written or journaled out, um, letting things go. I remember picking up rocks from the side of the road, just thinking about like, you know, him and this throwing them far away, um, so that I didn't have the burden of addiction on my shoulders and, and also got my frustration out. And practicing self-compassion, be gentle with yourself as you navigate the grief that comes from this mourning of the loss of someone who's still alive. Understanding that healing does take time. It's been over three years for me and I still have moments of complete gut-wrenching sadness that, you know, I'm not with this person anymore, that I wonder what he's doing. I still have moments to this day. And so practicing self-compassion around that by offering myself kindness, like Andrea, it makes sense. You loved him. Andrea, it makes sense because addiction sucks. It took the person that you love, that you saw a future with, that you thought you were going to marry again and that you, you know, it just, it sucks. 
and I know you're hurting and you're doing so good. And then my inner nurturer comes out. It's like understanding and, and compassion and like, look how far you've come in the three years. Look at all, you know, how you've turned pain into purpose and the people that you're helping. And so practicing self-compassion around it. And just, I wanted to humanize this experience because I don't think people, you know, it's very common amongst people who love someone with an addiction to get this concept, to understand what it's like to have someone who no longer is there, but they're physically there, but they're no longer there. It's so challenging. So another thing we can do is allow for meaning and growth as we heal it's really important to seek out ways to find meaning in all of this. And I know it's so hard to do when you're in the muck. And so if you can shift to, instead of meaning making, go to a narrative of growth. Um, how can you, as a way to heal, as a way to grow, as a way to see opportunity um, for yourself, um, reflect on what you've learned through this process, how you've gotten stronger, um, look at ways of how it's grown your compassion. And so reflecting on these lessons and, and, and the love that you have shared and the person that they used to be in the time that you did have together and just know and reflect on the impact that your loved one has had on your life and, and see it through the lens of gratitude and, and, and seeing if it is possible, you know, through some positive action to really focus on supporting yourself at this time. And regardless of what someone else is doing in their life, seeking healing for yourself, so essential, looking for growth for yourself. And just remembering that healing from grief is a process. There's not something I can say to you on this podcast to make it any easier, to make it any better. It's a, it's a process and it takes time and everyone's journey is unique. So the idea here is to be patient and kind to yourself as you navigate the ups and downs here, as you navigate that feeling of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive, right? So think about, you know, what support are you needing? What self-care practices do you need right now? How can you find healing and how can you gradually move forward despite someone else's addiction? How can you carry the memory of your loved one, whether they're here or not, with us forward with you in a way that feels good? How can we find the, the, the silver lining in all of this? And I know that's sometimes painful to hear because it's like, I remember when I was in, it's like, what? There is no silver lining. Are you kidding? But now as I look back, I do see the silver lining. I've met so many incredible people through this community and it's, it's offered me this wonderful opportunity to reach out to others. And, and you know what? There's this metaphor too of a wounded healer. And it's this concept that we are wounded. It's the idea that our own wounds and experiences can give us a unique empathy and insight. And a lot of my clients and people in the support group and people I've talked to and feedback from my book is that yes, there are therapists and coaches and things like that that can help us. But oh my gosh, 
if someone's been through the experience that you've been through, they have a new insight, they have a unique understanding. So your journey of mourning can actually equip you with more compassion, with further understanding. And by sharing your story and offering support to others, you can create this ripple effect of healing. So there is this is so complex. There is so much going on here, navigating the complexities of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. There's no one answer here. I just want to wrap you with love and compassion. I hope there was some insights here. I want you to feel very human. It's a unique experience. So maybe this can help you with seeking out healing practices and recognizing that what you're experiencing could be grief and sadness. And that much like when we lose the physical death of someone we love, when we love someone with an addiction who is still alive, I think our healing can be very similar and that might help you seek out support that might help you seek out more ways of healing for yourself. And that that's really my motivation for this, this podcast, this episode. So, oh my gosh, in the process of mourning the loss of someone who's still alive, how can you cultivate compassion? How can you cultivate understanding for yourself while holding the space for opportunities for growth and opening up the opportunities for hope and for happiness. So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a lot out of this episode and I just want to send you huge hugs and love. And of course, if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe and also come to our private Facebook group. It's called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And it's full of people in this group that are just loving and supportive and we'd love to have you. So thanks everyone and have a great week. We'll see you soon. My doggy seems to be calm now. The thunder has stopped. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.